Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix. And together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise, all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well... We have another listener suggestion. This time, we're heading to the great state of Louisiana because, as you know, there's so much strangeness there. Not quite as much as Florida, but, you know, it's getting there. And, by the way, thank you, everybody, for all your well wishes. I am feeling much better, although I still have a little bit of a head cold, so I still sound a little nasally, so sorry about that. But I am much better. All right, with all that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and, well, have nowhere else to go tonight because it's getting too close to Christmas and who wants to be out on the roads? Plus, if you're anywhere in the United States, it's just freaking cold. Who wants to go out in that, right? All right. As you know, choice of libation, as always, is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right. Now for the game part. How about every time I say swamp? That's going to be a single shot. And every time I say voodoo, that's going to be a double shot. I don't know about you, but all I can think of is that Scooby-Doo with its swamp monster. Okay, sorry. Couldn't help myself. (laughs) All right, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma. So grab yourself some Mardi Gras beads and a bag filled with some delicious beignets with a little chocolate dipping sauce as we head to today's offering of Mysterious Tales of Voodoo, Ghosts, and Werewolves in Louisiana's Cursed Swamp. Yep, that's right. I got all of them going on today, don't I? 
I'm a little ambitious today. Swamps are pretty spooky places to begin with. Even without a history of ghosts and weirdness, these dank, damp, gloomy places just seem to inspire dread in those who look upon them. Is it the expanses of untamed, weed-choked wetlands, the shining eyes of alligators and other things slithering through the brush, prowling the dark, or merely the twisted trees that poke up through the misty murk? Whatever it is, swamps need very little to make them even creepier than they already are. They're kind of like dolls in that. Yet, some swamps have outdone themselves and drawn to them legends and tales that propel them beyond merely creepy places into full-blown epicenters of the paranormal and unexplained. One such swamp oozes across a portion of Louisiana and has long been the origin of stories of shadowy ghosts, voodoo magic, and snarling beasts of the night. Mwahaha. Okay. It needed a mohaha there. I'm sorry. I just got to put it in there. All right. Manchek Swamp, located in Louisiana, not far from the wonderfully beautiful city of New Orleans, is everything one might expect a supposedly haunted place to look like. Here, stagnant green waters choked with vegetation and algae and prowled by alligators meander through groves of trees draped in moss which stand over their domain like silent, sad sentinels. Along the snake and gator-infested waterways with mud-caked shores, one can find decrepit cabins perched upon the mosquito-choked water, cloaked by brush, and giving no indication of whether they are inhabited or not. Snakes, alligators, and biting insects exist here in plenitude, coexisting within the morass of damp, dark, foggy wetlands and lying in wait for those who dare tread too close. This forsaken place perfectly lends itself to spooky tales and lore, and the Manchek Swamp certainly does not disappoint on either. The Manchek Wetlands, about a half hour northwest of New Orleans, are thick with swamp ooze. In the summer, the water is pea-green, covered in tiny leaves and crawling with insects that hide in the shadows of the ancient ghost-gray cypress trees. The boaters who enter the swamps face two main threats aside from sunstroke and dehydration. The alligators, which mostly lurk just out of view, and the broken logs that float through the muck. Remnants of the days when the swamp was home to the now-abandoned logging town of Ruddock. One of the most popular and persistent tales surrounding the swamp is the story of Julie White, a voodoo priestess who resided here in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Voodoo was quite prominent in these days in Louisiana, having been brought to these shores by West African slaves during the colonial period, as well as refugees escaping the Haitian Revolution of the 18th and early 19th centuries. So concentrated was the number of voodoo practitioners within New Orleans that Louisiana soon evolved its own brand of the religion, which relied heavily on and is characterized by its charms and amulets, also known here as grigri, herbs and poisons, and which gave rise to the infamous and creepy pincushion voodoo dolls. 
Louisiana voodoo also brought about the reign of the voodoo queens, who were priestesses who held great power and influence in their respective communities. Some, such as the 19th century priestess Marie Laveau, were so powerful and respected that various prestigious members of society, such as politicians, judges, lawyers, businessmen, and wealthy landowners, all came before them for consultation before making important decisions concerning business or matters of state. Some of these voodoo priestesses were so well known that to this day, their graves command respect and gather about them gifts from the faithful. And voodoo continues to be a popular tourist attraction within the city of New Orleans, with people coming from far and wide to visit the graves and purchase amulets, potions, and powders from various voodoo vendors, or to visit the New Orleans Historic Voodoo Museum itself. But some say that anyone entering the swamp should beware a more supernatural threat, the curse of the local voodoo queen, Julia Brown. Brown, sometimes also known as Julia White or Julia Black, I guess she couldn't pick a color, whatever, is described in local legend as a voodoo priestess who lived at the edge of the swamp and worked with residents of the town of Frenier. The voodoo priestess Julia White was more reclusive than most, although no less feared. It was said that White enjoyed trying to predict the demise of surrounding towns as she sat on the porch of her swamp shack, where she spent much of her time. She would also make arcane gestures at those who passed by, give people the evil eye, sing spooky songs about the day of her death, and generally freak people out. Despite her eccentric ways, White was seen as a potent oracle, and many looked to her predictions for signs of impending doom or misfortune. She was also known to deal out curses to those who wronged her, making her a figure who most people of the time were absolutely terrified of. Back when Julia was alive at the turn of the 20th century, the towns of Ruddock, Frenier, and Napton were prosperous settlements clustered on the, the edge of Lake Pontchartrain, sustained by logging the centuries-old cypress trees and farming cabbages in the thick black soil. The railroad was the town's lifeline, bringing groceries from New Orleans and hauling away the logs and cabbages as far as Chicago. They had no roads, no doctors, and no electricity but had managed to carve out cohesive and self-reliant communities. That all changed on September 29, 1915, when a massive hurricane swept in from the Caribbean. In Frenier, where Julia lived, the storm surge rose 13 feet, and the winds howled at 125 miles an hour. Many of the townsfolk sought refuge in the railroad depot, which collapsed and killed 25 people. Altogether, close to 300 people in Louisiana died, with almost 60 in Frenier and Reddick alone. When the storm cleared on October 1st, Frenier, Reddick, and Napton had been entirely destroyed. Homes flattened, buildings demolished, and miles of railway tracks washed away. Thank Hurricane Katrina, but on steroids. 
One of the few survivors later described how he'd clung to an upturned cypress tree and shut his ears against the screams of those drowning in the, sh in the swamps. The hurricane seemed to come from nowhere, but if you listen to the guides who take tourists into the Manchek Swamp, the storm was the result of the wrath of Julia. They said Julia laid a curse on the town because she felt taken for granted, a curse that came true when the storm swept through on the day of her funeral and killed everyone around. On certain tours, the guides take people past a run-down swamp graveyard marked 1915. It's a prop, but a good place to tell people that Brown's ghost still haunts the swamp, as do the souls of those who perished in the hurricane. The legend of Julia Brown has become the area's most popular ghost story, spreading to paranormal shows and even Reddit, where some claim to have seen Brown cackling at the edge of the water. One of her most persistent predictions was that there would be some sort of deadly cataclysmic disaster when she passed, and she is often quoted as having said, quote, One day, I'm going to die, and I'm going to take all of you with me. End quote. Chillingly, shortly before she died in 1915, she chanted this over and over again, and a horrible hurricane happened to hit the town on the day of her crowded funeral, causing a devastating tidal wave that swept through to kill hundreds of people and decimate three entire towns. According to the lore, Julia along with all of those who had been killed at her funeral, were unceremoniously buried in a mass grave somewhere in the swamp. It is said that even to this day, many bodies remain lodged within the slimy muck at the bottom of the swamp, and that even now, occasionally, a body will float up through the muddy swill to the surface. Since then, the voices of the dead and the apparition of Julia herself are said to haunt this swamp with Julia's ghost reportedly having the habit of repeating the same eerie chant she had sung before her death. Modern ghost tours of the swamp make Julia's old abode and the alleged mass grave a regular destination, and it is supposedly quite common for visitors to hear strange wailing or screaming emanating from the swamp in this area. It is also said that when Julia died, she placed a curse here which is the purported cause of a fatal collapse of the Manchac Bridge in 1976. Although the new bridge, a 120,440-foot concrete behemoth, has seemingly resisted this hex so far. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Another popular tale from Manchac Swamp is that it is the hunting grounds of the Rougarou which is basically the Cajun version of the werewolf. Because, you know, as Cajuns, we got to have our own stuff, right? <laughs> Anyways, the tales of the Rougarou have many variations, but it is mostly described as being a hulking beast up to 10 feet tall with the hair-covered body of a human and the head of a wolf, or in some cases, a dog, often with pale white fur, and with very prominent fangs and red eyes that are said to glow which stalks the swamps, bayous, and fields of Louisiana. Other tales say it is a more decidedly ghostly or spectral apparition, which glows in the night, or a beast which can become immaterial or disappear at will. 
The mysterious beast is said to be able to change its shape back and forth, and can even take on other forms such as a were-pig, were-cattle, or even were-cranes. I'm just saying, somebody get me a picture of a were-pig, because i got to have that. Just saying. The story of the Rougarou has many forms, with the most common being that it is a curse that has to be transferred to another by drawing blood within 101 days, and which can only be broken through passing it on to someone else. Ooh, it's kind of like those letters that we used to get back in the 70s and the 80s, I guess. Now they come via email. Send this on or you're going to die. No, I'm just kidding. This is usually done by either viciously attacking someone or, in other versions, simply gazing into another's eyes. In the past, it was common for people to look upon strangers or particularly odd people with great suspicion, as it was thought that they may be one of the feared beasts. According to the Lord, the afflicted are supposedly faced with some alternatives. The most common way to break the curse is to remain silent about the confrontation for a whole year and a day, after which the curse will be broken for both parties. Hmm. Gotta try that one, huh? One piece of folklore related to this involves a young, newlywed wife who is waiting for her husband at the edge of the swamp on the night of a full moon. The woman is then confronted with a massive, wolf-like creature which locks its gaze with hers before stalking off into the night. The woman, knowing she has been infected with the foul beast's curse, subsequently locks herself within a shed every night of the full moon, a fact which is not noticed by her new husband as he often works late into the night. After the year and a day have passed, the cured woman, who has remained silent about the encounter, is asked by her husband if she has ever waited for him by the edge of the swamp in the moonlight. The wife lies and says that she has not, after which the husband admits that he was in fact the creature that she had seen and had been cursed by, and that her silence on the matter had saved them both. Another way to lift the curse is with the help, of course, of a powerful voodoo spell. Other versions of the legend say that the creature takes on the form of a large dog rather than a wolf man, which makes sense since wolves are not native to Louisiana. In another tale, a boy who is on his way home comes across a huge white dog which was acting aggressively towards him. After some time of the dog biting at him and snarling at him, the boy then supposedly took out a knife he carried in his backpack and slashed at the mysterious dog. The animal then transforms into a human being and told the boy that he had been imprisoned by the devil into this form and that the same would befall him if he was not careful. The stranger also warned that if the boy told anyone about the encounter, he would become a Rougarou too. The boy promptly told all of his friends, and it was then that he began to disappear from his room at night, only to reappear in his room the following morning with no recollection of where he had been and sometimes spattered in blood that was not his own. After a year of this, the boy was allegedly found dead in the street one morning, and the authorities deemed it a suicide. But those who knew better claimed that he had been a Rougarou. There are numerous other stories of people being confronted by a large, vicious dog only to have it turn into a man right before their eyes, often after being struck or cut. In one story, a pair is pursued by such a dog under the light of a full moon, only to have it leap a fence and disappear, being instead replaced by the figure of a large man. 
Another popular story is that these were creatures had the habit of rampaging through town and the wilderness to ravage those Catholics who have not observed Lent proper, properly. And it is said that failing to observe Lent for a full seven years in a row is a sure way to be transformed into one of these beasts, or at the very least incur their wrath. Well, I'm here to tell you that I haven't observed Lent for, well, a very long time, and I'm not a... I'm not at this time a Rougarou, never have I been a Rougarou, and I'm pretty sure I'm never going to be a Rougarou, which would suck, okay, because I wanted to be special. Okay, but I am a unicorn, so that's okay. (laughs) Anyways, they were also said to be drawn to those who misbehaved or committed criminal transgressions, making them a very popular story to tell children in order to keep them in line and out of trouble. It was a common thing for a child to hear something along the lines of, Come home before dark, lest the Rougarou get you. Indeed, these unfortunate people who went missing within the swamp were often thought to have been fallen victim to a Rougarou. As steeped in folklore as the stories of swamp-dwelling werewolves might be, there are many reports of people actually claiming to see them to this very day, or to hear their eerie howls piercing the night. Now, I'm going to say, my grandmother, when she was still alive, lived in a very small town in Louisiana. And I remember there was like maybe 50 people in this town. And it was right on the edge of a swamp. It was very close to, you know, woods and things like that. And I'm telling you right now, I hated staying at my grandmother's house. Not because I didn't love my grandmother and my grandfather. I loved them dearly. But that house scared the shit out of me. Like, no joke. (laughs) And the sounds that you hear, there there are sounds in the state of Louisiana that you will never hear in any other state. I'm just saying it. There's some crazy shit going on there. Somebody needs to figure it out and tell me all about it. Okay. Anyways. All right. Some rather dramatic reports have even told of the creatures chasing cars down the road or slaughtering cattle. Their large, hulking appearance and hair-covered bodies have led to the theory that rather than werewolves, what is being seen is perhaps some Bigfoot-like creature. Yet there's very little evidence of the creatures one way or the other. Nevertheless, if there are Rougarou out there, whatever they are, then Manchek Swamp is said to be one of their very favorite haunts. Adding to the tales of werewolves and voodoo curses are the various other strange phenomena reported from the swamp. Mystery lights, shadowy apparition, orbs of light, and glows emanating from abandoned cabins are commonplace here, as are a few stories of monstrous alligators far larger than normal prowling through the remote areas of the swamp. Whatever is going on out there in this very spooky place, it's hard to look upon Manchek Swamp and not get the feeling that it is a place with an atmosphere of doom and gloom that rightfully deserves its reputation as a cursed, haunted place, whether it actually is or not. Anyone who's interested in seeing the swamp for themselves can take one of the many ghost tours that operate in the area, which will gladly take you through some of the areas that are more allegedly paranormally active. Who knows? You might just see Julia staring at you from the dim shadows of the tree, or possibly a Rougarou prowling you in the night. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about today's episode. 
You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I promise I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.